0: Let's talk about John chapter 9. And the reason I, I uh, selected John chapter 9 was we're talking over this last, um, this last summer, encounters with Jesus, face-to-face with him, being coming face-to-face with Jesus to be uh, in an encountering type thing where sometimes Jesus came up to people and sometimes people came up to Jesus, but in the end of the day, it was boom. They were changed by their time with Jesus. That's what we've been talking about. And I want to talk to you about John chapter 9 because I think it relates a lot with what the Lord was teaching me in sabbatical in some subtle ways and some obvious ways but I think we all are going to be able to relate with this so um, I'm going to pray for us then I'm going to have a stand and read if that's alright kind of, I don't want to rush through this so we might pick up some of this next week depending on the time but um, here we go Lord this morning we are uh, before you and I, I, I pray that we realize that in a very deep way <clears throat> that we are gathered in your midst right now. You are with us and working in us. And as we continue our worship service and looking at your word, I, I pray that as we look at this encounter, that we would just crave encounters with you, and we would see them. When you're pursuing us and, and we would know when we need to pursue you on something and, and see that you're right there ready you've been waiting for this encounter please bless what we're about to read and what we're about to hear in jesus name amen all right so today's encounter um is an unnamed blind man that jesus comes across uh and he encounters jesus and he doesn't know it. We, we do see that he calls out Jesus' name and, and what we get to later. Presumably, he heard one of the disciples saying, hey, Jesus, why? And then the question that they asked, which we'll get to in a second. So maybe he overheard Jesus. So he knew a man named Jesus was out there at some point, but he has no idea who he is. He, he doesn't know what he looks like. Uh, maybe he knows what he sounds like because he's blind. And this is what's getting ready to happen. We see that in the midst of this, that this man is where he is and people react to who he is because of a flawed belief system. And most of the time in that flawed belief system, they didn't know it. And I think that's true of us too, isn't it? We ourselves are in flawed belief systems that hold us back and we don't even know it. So Jesus uses this blind man to show us that we too can be blind to what keeps us from him. And he doesn't just do it through the blind man. The blind man was like the launching point. And we see the change in the blind man. So let's pray. We're going to pray. Let me read for us. If you want to stand, that'd be great if you're able to. John chapter 9, beginning in verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents. But that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am, the, I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. You can see. Them. So Jesus is passing by with the disciples in verses one and two. He saw a man blind from birth, and the disciples ask him a question. And the question is this: Is this blindness the fault of him, or the fault of his parents? And Jesus, as he hears this question, um, I wonder if he first of all had this question for them: How did you know he was born blind? Like, how did the disciples know? Did they know this guy ahead of time? Maybe. I'm sure he wasn't wearing a T-shirt that says, I was born blind. Like, you know, blind? Yes, they can see he's blind. But how did the disciples know this man was born blind? Don't know. Pretty fun thing to think about. But they literally are like, who sent this man to become, that he was born blind, or or his parents? And it's a very commonly held belief system back then. It was wrong, but it was common. What they believe, rabbis taught, that there are repercussions for your sin. Amen? Everybody agrees with that. There's repercussions for your sin. Got it. Rabbis also taught this. If parents sin, it may affect later generations. I would totally agree with that. A lot of my sabbatical was dealing with that. Just joking. Like, it's just like, you know, like, what sins am I passing on? Like, like am I, what do I need to do to, like, live differently so my kids don't carry on stuff? Um, I agree with that part but there even though there's truth in those beliefs here's the thing where it just got off it doesn't explain this man's blindness and so what they taught back then in not all areas but it's specifically in this area if you're born with an ailment and your parents were not the ones that sinned to cause that ailment then it's you because you sinned in the womb like as you're being growing up from little peepod, I remember looking at the ultrasound for Mary. Boom! They throw the ultrasound up, and she's like, "There you go." And Dee's like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Oh," and inside I'm like, "Where is it? <laughs> what? What is it?" And finally, I was just like, "I'm sorry, I don't what where." And then they point. I was like, "There you go." They were teaching even like back then. Like developing in your mother's womb, that you, you could sin the, in the womb. And that's how they explain birth defects back then. That's the teaching. So you must have sinned in the womb. That's why you were born blind. Or you must have sinned in the womb. That's why you were born, you know, not able to, to walk or, you know, any of those type of things. So these verses show us two things, don't they? They show us that the disciples were asking the wrong questions, were they not? Now, that's just a wrong question to ask because it's just not true. But what else it shows us is, is there's something deeper. It wasn't just the disciples asking the wrong question. It was the fact that the disciples were even asking the wrong question to begin with. Because for generations, this, these things were taught. These things were believed. This is not a stranger just walking up to Jesus saying, Hey, is this man born blind because he sinned or his parents... It's the disciples that are walking with Jesus that ask this question. I mean, they're asking the wrong question and how patient Jesus was with them. I know I ask the wrong questions of God all the time. And what I think you will find, what I know you will find, is that he will patiently walk you through things. Because there's always a bigger picture. It's not just about you in that moment. There's other things beyond you in that moment. But here's the beauty about Jesus. Because there was other things beyond what Jesus was getting ready to do. But make no mistake about it. It was about one individual in this story. And that's how personal God is. Yes, God is working because of what he's doing in you and through you. But make no mistake about it. He is just interested primarily in you. He wants you. All to himself. And yes, there will be things that generationally do happen. There will be beautiful effects. And so, yes, Jesus tore up a belief system here in a beautiful way. But do not forget that it was just for this blind man. And you'll see why I say it in just a few minutes. Because what we're going to read in a little bit is, after he healed him, Jesus left the scene but Jesus came back and found him in his worst possible moment. Let's keep going. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, this is neither of them. Neither of them. This, is, this has nothing to do with this flawed belief system that you adhere to. And even if it was true, Jesus is like, does it really matter? Whether it was his parents or him that sinned, the man is blind. He was born blind. So what really matters is How do we help him? I mean, there are plenty of people in our lives that are uh, the way that they are. And yeah, it it matters for healing for them to walk through things. But I, I would say this for us on this side of it. It doesn't really matter why a person is in the mess they're in. It doesn't really matter why you're in the mess you're in. All that matters is that Jesus is there. And he's going to pull you out of the mess if you let him. Compassion was so not on their heart, was it? It was on Jesus's. I mean, they're asking like a theological question. Jesus is like, seriously? I mean, like, who cares is what Jesus is saying. He's blind. I care about that. You should care about that. But you know what? If you want an answer, here's why he's born blind. So you guys will see that it doesn't matter why he was born blind. All that matters is is that I want him to follow me. That's it. I was one of the disciples that would be like, oh shoot. You know, like, it's like our kids do like when one of them's getting fussed out, the other ones go, oh shoot, and they walk out of the room like, you know, heavy fire. Move on. Jesus doesn't consider this man's blindness as a punishment, does he? Not at all. He he says, I'm going to use it. And as I think about that, this is really an imitation for us. The imitation from God is that we can God has given us an invitation out of what keeps us from seeing Him. So he's like handing us an invitation and said, that invitation gets you out of the way you're living. And that invitation is you follow me. You follow me and I will help you. I'll get you out of the way that you're seeing life that keeps you from more of me. And I'm also in the midst of this invitation I'm giving you, it gets you out of faulty thinking. You believe life the way, I, believe life is the way I want you to believe it. Like you, you will not any longer be like, pray to, like, false thinking and false uh, beliefs that are out there. I, I will begin to change your mind, literally. Like, God just changes our hearts, and we see life differently. But there's an imitation into this. So there's the imitation out of. And it's all the same imitation, by the way. It's a very nice imitation. The imitation into this. A display of God's power in you. Now let me say something about that real quick. Because whenever we hear like a phrase like God's power in us, I know, unless you're really, really spiritually mature, there's a little bit of you that gets excited and is like, man, it's, it's, it's going to make me more awesome. This is going to... If, if God shows His power through me, then people would be like, "Wow, what a spiritual person. Like, like there's a little bit of that in us if we're really, really honest. And if that's not the case, then I just confess sin to you that we're all you know just me. So there you go. But I, I think that that invitation into seeing God's power in us is really an invitation into spiritual sight. And I don't mean some weird way thing. thinking. don't think I went away for two months and now I'm like some coot ball. This is what spiritual sight is. This is what God is inviting us into and the, and the people in this. Spiritual sight is this, seeing things the way God sees them. No matter what. I don't care what the issue is in this world. Looking at that and seeing it the way God sees it. Now, there will be times that we, we constantly have to recalibrate and readjust and whatnot to... To get ourselves to the place where we see the way God sees it, but spiritual sight is also this: seeing others the way God sees them. I.e., the blind man. They didn't have spiritual sight. They're like, "Why is he blind? Did he sin in the womb, or it was his parents?" And God's like, "No." Jesus said, "Here, this is what I want you to see." But spiritual sight is this also: seeing yourself. The way God sees you. I'm feeling like the Lord wants me to stop there. I still have more preaching time. I think God has something for us in that. I think it's true of all of us, but I do think that. We just take a moment. I'm not going to make it long, just maybe shut your eyes and pray. God, I want to see you the way you see. I'm sorry, I want you. I want to literally understand myself so much that I see myself the way you see me. That I, that I want to know you more. And yes, I want to see things the way that you see them out there. And yes, I want to see people the way that you see them but it really starts here. And so just take a second to pray. If you're ready, that you would begin to see yourself the way God sees you in way of spiritual sight. worship so can start coming up if you guys want to I'm going to close this in prayer Lord you gave sight to a blind man and we cannot wait for the rest of the story next week just in watching how you literally changed this man and not just giving him a sight physically but literally giving him spiritual sight that he, what we will find out next week, gets to see how much you love him. And Lord, I pray for all of us down the spiritual sight that we would see things out there in this world the way that God sees them. That we would see other people the way that you see them. And more importantly, we would see ourselves the way that you see us